Hello, my name is Jim, and I'm here to welcome you to Baby Boomer Tales. When I was seven or eight years old, my mom took me to a town up the road about 10 miles, and this town had natural hot springs, and there was an indoor pool there, and the pool was really kind of dark, and it stunk of sulfur. In the water, you could not see anything except this dark water. And this is where she took me for my swim lessons. Basically, it's because, to my knowledge, it was the only pool in the entire county at the time. And there were seven or eight of us kids that were seven or eight years old. And our instructor was a man named Mr. Short. Now, I know I don't like to use people's last names on my podcast, but I have no idea what Mr. Short's first name was. Who knows? He was and will forever be Mr. Short to me. The way he taught us is the first thing he taught us was how to float on our back. And once we all mastered that, then he put fins on us and kind of had us start swimming. And we were like a bunch of tadpoles. We could swim around. He taught us all the basics, how to swim and everything. And we swam like it was nobody's business. We were good swimmers, all seven or eight of us. Then one day, he stood us in the deep part of the pool. He stood us on the concrete right by the deep part, swam out to about the middle of the pool, and instructed us one at a time to jump into the water without our fins on and to swim to him. Well, most every one of us sunk All of a sudden, we had no power in our feet to propel us, and it was a very helpless feeling. And we didn't have enough upper body strength to compensate for our lack of fins because we were not taught how to swim without fins. And so then Mr. Short had to basically start all over. This is the way he taught every kid that ever came down the pike there, and I don't know why he did that. But I remember the rest of my swimming lessons with Mr. Short. I wished I had my fins. I was always a little bit afraid of Mr. Short. And that's okay. He did teach me how to swim. And I graduated from my little swim class, me and the other tadpoles. And I guess we became frogs. I liked to go to pools when we would go on vacation or something. We'd always beg my dad to stop at a motel with a pool. Later, I'm not sure how old I was. I was possibly 11 or 12, maybe 13 years old. The nice motor lodge in my town named the El Monte opened up a brand new swimming pool. It was big and the water was crystal blue. It was outside so you can be in the sun. And it was wonderful and the whole town joined the El Monte swimming pool. I loved to swim, and I bought a mask and snorkel, and I would just swim around, never have to come up for air because I had my snorkel, and I'd swim all over that pool. Once in a while, I'd take the mask and snorkel off and swim the length of the pool underwater. I remember I always thought that was a huge accomplishment. It was kind of hard to do for me, but I could do it, and that was fun. The Almani had wonderful memories of hanging out at the pool, playing with your friends, going swimming on a nice summer day up there. 75 degrees out, and you think it's the warmest day of the year. The pool was heated, and it was wonderful. 
I also swam in lakes, but the lakes up there are so cold it'd take your breath away. I remember one time, I believe it was Randy and me, were at this marina and these guys dropped their pliers in the water. And they told us if we could dive down there right by the dock, find their pliers, they would give us a buck. I cannot remember if we found the pliers or not, but I remember diving down looking for them. Water up there was very cold. I have spoken in a previous podcast about throwing my dogs in this little farm pond up there. And the pond always had this little bitty plant covering the water. It was a very, very small little pond. But I'd throw the dogs in there on warm summer days and probably thought they really liked it. One day I tore all my clothes off and jumped in there. And I remember opening my eyes when I was underwater and seeing all the plant life. It was amazing. And I came up and it actually did take my breath away. And I propelled myself out far enough away from the bank that I had to really struggle mentally and physically to get myself back to the shore. It spooked me a little. I thought I could actually drown. And I never jumped in that pond, nor did I ever throw my dogs in there ever again. When I lived at the Jap camp and I would bathe in the creek that was coming down, rolling down the the hill there, I'd wash myself in this sandy basin that the water was still and then I'd roll over into the current. And the current was such that I could swim against the current and not go anywhere, just would swim and stay in the same stationary spot. And that was a whole lot of fun. I know you can buy pools like that today, but that was a good experience until I found the dead decomposing cow one day upstream from my little bathing spot, and that was the end of that. For our 25th wedding anniversary, my wife and I went to Hawaii and spent not quite a week, and that is because of me when we made plans for vacation. I did not even want to go and I was going because it was our 25th anniversary. So we cut it short to about five or six days and we should have stayed much longer. I didn't realize that till after I got there. It was a great experience, wonderful experience. One of two vacations I ever had in my life that I did not want to come home started fantasizing in my brain how we could live there and it'd be wonderful and it'd be great and we'd be on perpetual vacation the rest of our lives and of course that's not true. I was in my very early 50s I would have had to work but anyway one of the things we did is we went snorkeling in Hanama Bay. It is spelled H-A-N-A-U-M-A. The Hawaiian language Hana is bay, and ama means shelter. So it's actually Shelter Bay. The locals don't call it Hanama Bay. They call it Hanama because the bay is redundant. It is a state park and it has a coral reef there. It's very beautiful. It looks like a big bowl. It almost closes up on either side of the bay by land. And then it opens up and there's this wonderful coral reef and there's beaches. And when we went there, the first thing you'd have to do is you have to watch a movie and have these park rangers explain to you about the coral reef. The coral is a living organism. And please do not touch the coral. Don't sit on the coral. Don't try to take a chunk of it home with you. 
leave the coral alone. It is a part of the whole habitat of the bay. And so once we were educated on that, we got to go out and we sunned and enjoyed ourselves and looked around. And a lot of people were snorkeling. So, Kim, let's go snorkeling. I don't like to snorkel. Kim, come on, let's go snorkeling. It'll be fun. So we got our snorkels and we went out into the water and my wife did not like it one little bit. She actually couldn't get the hang of the breathing through the apparatus and keeping her head below water. And she gave it up after a while. So I went and now I was free. And I was swimming around looking at all the fish and and just having fun. There are a lot of people out in that bay, of course. It's a big tourist destination spot. And you could actually see people out in the middle of the bay sitting on the coral and stuff. And I thought, didn't these people watch that movie? Weren't they instructed not to do that? But I started swimming and looking at the fish and looking at the coral. And at first the coral was very much uh, just everything was very shallow and you could actually stand up in the sand and, and walk around. But as I got further and further out, the fish were just beautiful. And I remember just swimming like I was in a fantasy world and I was watching a movie or something. I kept swimming with my head underwater, snorkeling and swimming and swimming. And after a while, I kind of came up and looked around, and I was so far out into the bay that nobody was even close to me. Everybody was closer to the beach than I was, and I was very far away. I don't know how far away I was. I guess it is safe to assume that I was over three-quarter miles from the beach, maybe more. I, I don't know how to tell the distance there, but I was quite a ways out and there was nobody that was out as far as I was. And so I thought, oh, I better go back. I was very close to where the land masses came to the beach. And then I, if I'd swam past that, I'd been out in the open ocean. And I knew that I was further than I should be. So I started swimming back And then I realized that actually I'm very tired. And as I kept swimming towards the beach, clear, far, far away from me, and I was swimming, and I was thinking, why did I go this far? And I was swimming. After a while, I realized that I was becoming exhausted. And so I always had this one go-to thing whenever I got too tired when I was swimming and I flipped over on my back and I started to float on my back, just like Mr. Short taught me back when I was seven or eight years old. Now I was about 52 years old then. And when you're in your 50s, you think you're in your 30s. It's a weird phenomena that it took me until I was about 60 to get over But so I I floated and I'd kick and I was going towards land, but I realized I wasn't going very fast. So I turned back over. I started swimming. I started to reach the coral again where it was coming up uh, where the water met the sky. And I would not touch the coral and I wouldn't sit on it and rest. I told them I wouldn't. And by golly, I'm not going to. And I kept swimming in and I swam past people who are actually sitting on the coral people touching the coral and kind of laughing and joking and I wouldn't do that I remember one time I brushed up against the coral and I thought oh man I can't do that I cannot do that 
I do not know why my basic instinct for survival didn't kick in to where I rested on that coral that my moral judgment of a situation overrode my survival instinct. Eventually, I made it back to the shore, and I remember walking out of the water and collapsing in the sand. And I laid there for a very, very long time. Eventually, my wife found me because she was getting worried and she couldn't see me out there. I don't remember why, if I just didn't look like I was struggling or what, why somebody didn't rescue me. I mean, I never, you know, was going under and raising my hands and yelling, help, help, help. It never came to that. I think I would have swam until I was just totally exhausted that I'd sink like a rock and I wouldn't float again till my corpse, you know, expanded and blub, blub, blub up to the surface, kind of like a bobber on a fishing line. Hawaii is a very beautiful place, and water is part of the culture, a huge part of the culture. And in my 50s, I could have lived there and stayed in the water and got myself a, some kind of a board to stand on or ride on or boogie around on. I don't know. I think swimming is a very, very important thing that a, every person should learn how to do. Every once in a while, you run across somebody who says they don't know how to swim. We had a situation with our youngest daughter that when she was first taking swimming lessons, the instructor said to all you little kids, jump in the water. And at that point, she turned her back on Allie. And Allie bobbed up and down a few times, freaked her out. I think her mother had to you know, fetch her and get her out of the water. And for years, when we tried to take her swimming, she was so afraid she would tense up so bad and I remember taking her out in the water and she would just dig her fingernails into my back holding on for dear life. And it took quite a while for her to overcome that fear, but today she's a she's a good swimmer and she is not afraid of the water. So sometimes you have to face your fears for your betterment. In everything we do in life, you have a choice. You could succumb to the fear or you can buck up and say, I can do this. I've got this. This is not a big deal. Other people do it. I don't care what it is. Now, I understand people are gripped by fear from things other people don't understand. And I do understand that. But I also understand that you cannot let fear control your life or else fear wins. I would rather win any day of the week. The good guys are supposed to win. Thank you for spending this time with me today, talking about old Mr. Short and a bunch of tadpoles, talking about Hawaii and beautiful coral reefs. You can visit our webpage, babyboomertales.com. There are links where you can listen to our podcast. There's a link where you can help us keep this podcast commercial free. There are pictures of the country I speak of, and yes, there's even a picture of me. It's wonderful having you here today. I'm blessed to have you join me. Always remember to be kind and show kindness wherever you go. Sometimes it may feel like a sacrifice, but you never know how much it'll help someone else. I'll be back next Wednesday.